Let's get to it. Open your notes up. Get your Bibles out if you're home. You can just minimize. You can reach over there and grab your PDF copy of the notes, and you can watch, uh, read along with us. I am talking today about something that I love. It's called Building Yourself a Chance Piece by Piece. Can you say it with me, please? Come on. Building Yourself a Chance Piece by Piece. This is from my study on Success Comes in Pieces, the project I'm working on, and it is um, divided into three big parts today. The first big part is going to be a review of what's called finding the pieces. The second part is going to be understanding the pieces, and the third part is called prioritizing the pieces. Now, if you're new to this conversation, you're saying, what are the pieces? What do you mean by all these pieces? Well, the pieces are the choices you make that lead you to the best results in your life. I believe if you make one choice, add that to another choice, add that to another choice, your whole life can be different. And that's my model for life. Everything I do every day is tied to, to me dividing it into pieces. I, I, sometimes I wish success came in chunks, you know, just one big chunk of everything, right? But it's not like that. Everybody say peace, peace. by peace. Some time ago I asked you a question. I said, are you investing in things that will build your future, which is the conclusion of this series, by the way, we, we, all year we've been talking about building a future. And I asked you last month, I said, are you investing in things that will help you build your future? My argument is I think we don't. It's so easy to get tied up in stuff that have, has nothing to do with where we're trying to go. If you look at the way you spend your day, you say that you're trying to be healthy, but your schedule doesn't say that. You haven't walked in how long? Give me a break. You're not trying to be healthy. Not really. Not really. Not really. Um, I was listening to, um, uh, there's something called BHAG. You heard of that? Big, big Harry Audacious Goals, right? And um, the, um, there's this term, it's on, from the book Built to Last. And uh, how can I forget the author's name? What's his name? Built to Last. You don't know the guy's name? Jim Collins, thank you. Some, and, and forgot the other guy's name who wrote the book with him. But anyway, in, in this, um, he, he has this categories of, having these big, hairy, audacious goals in your life where you say, I want to do something amazing in my life. And that's not like a minor goal. It's like a big, hairy, audacious, unbelievable target in my life. And he said, when you have those big goals, it's, it's a little bit more than saying, I'm going to be healthier. It means I'm going to lose five, 10 pounds and I'm going to, you set more audacious goals. I'm going to make this a big, big part of my life. And, and I can look at your life habits and I can say, you're not really trying to get close to Jesus because you never talked to him all week. That's not a big goal of yours. Not if I look at your actions. And I, I, for me, this is how I live my life. I line up my actions with, what, with, with, with my, with my um with what I say. If I say something, but my actions don't bear it out, I think I'm lying to myself. And I'll tell myself, Temple, you're lying to yourself. You, you're, you couldn't possibly mean that because if you meant that, then you wouldn't have made those choices. And, and one of the greatest things you can do is come to face, hey, 
Maybe I am not really trying to do what I think I'm trying to do. I wrote something you may remember in your notes a few weeks ago. I wrote this little note. I said, sow yourself, invest yourself, work yourself into a better place. Said it with me. He said, sow yourself, invest yourself, work yourself into a better place. Listen, so that you can have better results. This is not God's responsibility, by the way. I noted for you. I said this. He will not exercise for you, eat for you, go back to school for you. Remember this, right? Work with you, work without you, rather, or think for you. That's not God's job. He gave you that job. And so if you could pause for a moment and say, okay, Temple, you put it on my doorstep. I get it. I must take charge of this and understand that I have to build myself a chance. I have to build myself a chance. I can't just talk about it, but I have to actually put some building blocks to this or I'm just talking. So let me, if I can, quickly review last week, okay? That's kind of a set the stage. Last time I talked about finding the pieces, remember? I said to you that there were five parts to the series that we're going to study this month. That if you're going to get to the place that, that you want to be in life, if you want to find success in your life, then there are five, I, I renamed this a little bit, five first steps towards success. Repeat them with me, please. Say, finding the pieces. You've got to find the right pieces. That's the first thing. You've got to find what should I be doing. Secondly, once you find it, you have to do what? Understand the pieces. Now I've got to understand this. So I want to be a teacher, okay? You found it. This is your career. This is it. I want to be an investment broker. I want to be a minister. Whatever it is you want to be. I found it. I want to get married to this person. I found it. I found the person. Now I've got to understand it. Finding is one thing. Understanding is another, right? Third thing you've got to do is then you've got to prioritize. This goes first now. You've got to figure out what goes first, what goes second, and what goes third. If you don't get that right, you're going to mess up a lot of things. Then fourthly, you've got to work the pieces. You have to work with what you have. Not what I have, not what your neighbor has. You can't work with whatever the people have. You have to start with what you have. Your family, your cousin, your mama, your, your husband, who you have, that's what you work with. And then you build, the, you build from there. And so those are the five things. You've got to find the right pieces or find the pieces, understand the pieces, prioritize the pieces, work the pieces, and build the pieces. Now, I gave you a little hint last week. I said, the place you find the pieces, and that be, might be the first question, well, where do you go find the right pieces, Pastor? Well, first of all, I think family should be a part of that. Family is crucial. If you don't have the right pieces in your life, I promise you family didn't help you get there in some ways. And, I, and that's not to slight your family. It's just an important thing for families to realize you're the first line of defense. It starts with the dad and the mom. It starts with the people who raise you. As a grandfather, it starts with me. If the, if the mom and dad aren't there, then I kind of fall in line. Some, somebody has to get this. That's fa family's responsibility. I think it even goes down to cousins. I think it's really important. It's amazing how we think it's the job of the police department to go and fix crime. Really? It's your cousin. Well, <laughs> Why is it more the mayor's job than your job and he's your cousin? I'm just trying to figure out where you get that reasoning from. He's your brother, your nephew. But you say nothing, but you sit there, as I said last week, and watch a TV he stole. You know he has no job, right? And you're watching Christian TV on a stolen television set. Hilarious. But it's the police job, and you're out there doing the marches, right? We march against crime. Really? Talk to your cousin. It might be better. Anyway, so I'm just... <laughs> I'm saying that's a shortcut. It's a short, if it's your cousin, 
if everybody in the march has a cousin who's in crime, why don't we not march? Let's go have dinner with the cousin. Maybe we can, we can cut out at least four crimes this week. Get the crime rate way down. Take your cousin out to lunch. Boy, stop stealing. Talk about that. All right, here we go. Everybody say family. family. Friends. That's where you go next. You go to friends, right? Friends are the next place where you find the right pieces. They're supposed to help you, sharpen you, make you better. But if you got friends that don't, <laughs> you're never, you're never going to find the pieces with certain people. Next time you're around certain friends, just kind of go, hmm, are there any pieces in here? <laughs> what, what is this? All right? And they're cussing about who they're going to be with tonight and who they're with last night. Okay, so those are the pieces you're looking for? Come on, say family, friends. Here's the third one. Say faithful mentors. You know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, people like me, we're mentors. God called us to help equip you. You need people in your life beyond preachers and people like me, but you need people in your life who can impart to you. But their job is not to just be entertaining. You know, I had to get over that as a pastor, honest to God. You know, there's a lot of pressure, man, because <laughs> you, know, you get up here and you're supposed to be good. So you always try to be good. And so <laughs> then when I was learning to be a preacher in my early teenage years, they, were, they told me how to do it. And I, I you know, they, it was a prescription. You know, you walk slow and you build on up to the climax of the sermon. I had to do the nah, 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 nah. Oh, man, I used to do that thing, boy. And, and I, you know, I, I was under pressure. You know, you got to be anointed. So I used to try to act anointed in the name of, you know, frown up my face or something. I was under a lot of pressure. <laughs> After a while, I just gave all that up in Jesus' name. said, well, here I is, Lord, do the best you can with this. I, I cannot pretend. Jesus never pretended. I believe you live in the presence of God. You, you obey God. You see your job the way it's supposed to be. You get, you get attached to the right people who can help you understand and think right. Your life changes. God brought the right pieces, the right mentors in my life who helped me see. And believe it or not, for me, it came through this fourth one, formal education. Say that with me, please. Come on. I was, too dig- I was too ignorant. I remember one time I was praying as a teenager, and I was just confused. I was confused, religiously confused. And, and, a, and a word came to me in prayer. It's true. came to me in prayer. Your biggest problem is your ignorance, but I'm going to help you with that. I just didn't know enough because people could say things and get me all confused. You know, it's, it's, you know it's, it's, it's all kind of things that just really would wear me out emotionally. And some of you are there now. You're confused. But this is an educational moment. And let me tell you, that's what changed the way I preach. I changed the way I preach, and I gave you notes, and I started doing all this crazy stuff and planning sermons ahead and organizing like a lesson plan, right, like, a, like you're in class, right? Help me, God. And, and, and all of that because I realized if I don't help you learn, what good am I to you? The assumption that I'm going to always be here is really a naive assumption because I can't stay. At some point, i got to go. I don't know when that's going to be. I plan to be here for 20 more years. Is that all right? Hold on. I promise. If I, if I start wearing down, we're going to leave early, okay? But... <laughs> At this point, I got a long race in front of me, but, but here's what I understand. I understand that there's a tremendous amount of health that comes when you educate people. So they don't need you. See, my job is to work myself out of a job. If I, if I show you my notes that I used to preach from, and I show you how I put them together, and I show you how I found the food, it's kind of like, I can go find the food for you, but if I show you how to get the food, I'm really a cool guy. I help you forever. 
and formal education, sitting and learning and reading helped me. It freed me from needing people. Nothing wrong with being around people, but it's better when I don't need you to be with you. If I'm with you, I'm with you because I want to be with you. And so my, God, my goal is to always take you to the food, show you how I found it, show you all my secrets, and then you can do it yourself. What's really cool is after I show you, you still keep coming and talking to me, so I'm, I'm thankful. And I think that's how it is. People say, boy, show me something else. So examine with me, please. Come on, say family, family. Friends, friends, faithful mentors, faithful. formal education, and then say forever moments. Forever. Now, forever moments are when you, here's when you, you find the pieces with family, you find the pieces with friends, faithful mentors, formal education, and when you have a forever moment, someone dies in your life that's close to you. Brands you forever. Or you have a great moment, you have a great success. It's not just something bad. There's nothing, there's nothing like, I don't know if you ever did this, you ever got a paycheck and it's been embarrassed you? You ever, you, ever got, you ever got a check, you were scared to take it to the bank? Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. It's just, really, it's just, it's one of those moments, like, when did you get that check? Hold on. Trust me, it's amazing. You, 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 you ever get $10,000? You ever get $10,000 one time and they're, oh my God, I got $10,000. Jesus. That's what you do when you get it. <laughs> you do that, right? <laughs> Some of you say, come on, say, give it to me, Jesus. Come on, say, give it to me. Some of you, <laughs> show me how to dance. I want to, I want to do that dance. <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> so here's what happens you get it. First time you ever get $10,000, right? And you go to the bank and you, and you walk in and you can, you know, you just. Fill out the little slip. You don't go through the drive-in. You don't go through no drive-through with ten thousand. I got to go in the building. I want to see her eyeball to eyeball. You know, <laughs> if you deposit ten dollars, you don't even check the receipt. You walk out the bank. You don't care. <laughs> and it's ten thousand. Oh boy! Let me tell you what you do. You walk in there and you say, mm-hmm. "How you doing?" And then, then here's what's funny. <laughs> this is so. Okay. Raise your right hand. That means don't tell you about this, right? Watch this. Put your hand down. That means it's between me and you. Watch this. So when you give it to the teller, the teller looks at the check, looks at you. Things going good, eh, Pastor Rick? <laughs> I said, oh, yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, see, if you're a Christian, you know, you don't know what to say because you, 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 don't, you, don't you don't know what to say about that, you know, because now you got $10,000 and you walk out the bank and you, you just look at everybody, you know what I'm saying? So let me tell you, can I tell you the whole story? Put your other hand back up again. Come on. (laughs) So I got my $10,000, right? So I'm feeling rich now. Shoot, I'm a big-time investor. So you know, you start, I got to let your money work for you. So so, so I went down, and I said, I'm thinking I'm going to buy me some stocks. So I went, got me a broker, got me some stocks, went down there and put the whole $10,000. Don't say nothing to me. I'm trying to preach my sermon. You, you all up in my business. You know you put your hand up, right? God saw you. So, so I put my tenth. I went to the broker and then paid the broker for some of my, you know, you got to pay them. So I paid and I bought this IPO, you know, initial public offering. And I bought this thing and, and I ain't going to tell you what company because you know it. I'm not going to tell you what company it was. But it was supposed to be a big hit. Because everybody says it's going to be a big hit. So I buy my little IPO. And then that dude went down the next day. That was the devil. You know that, right? It, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I said, 
Oh God, I bind the devil. It's now 9,000. It's done gone down. And then it went down again, 8,000. Oh Jesus, hey, I'm my money. You can't tell Diane. Ain't gonna say nothing. Don't say nothing, Diane. Because I got faith. It's going up in Jesus' name. See, let me tell you something. I had no business taking my $10,000 down to that woman and giving my $10,000, no, no, no reflection on the, on the broker, and giving my money to them in Jesus' name. I should have held on to my money and let it be an emergency fund. Everybody say amen. amen. You, know, you, ain't, you know you shouldn't have done it. Dollar cost averaging. Invest, invest a little bit at a time. Give yourself a chance. Come on, say give yourself a chance. Peace by peace, right? Build the future. How you build it? Peace by peace. I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. You knew I was in trouble the way I made the deposit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why like God can't bless you. You're not used to any money. When you get money, you get crazy. Here's, okay, I'm, I'm, off, I'm off. Okay, watch, watch this. You know how I know you got a problem? You ready? Your tax return. Okay, uh-huh. You ain't even got it yet. You, <laughs> January 15th, 30th. You already get calculating. You only calculate. Oh, I'm going to get $500 back. Oh, I'm going to get $1,000. Oh, boy. And then you can't wait for to send it in and get the money. You got to go to one of these places to give it to you in advance. What's the name of that company? Who does that? See, some of y'all know the name, uh-huh. <laughs> See, you didn't want to tell me because that's the setup. He, he set me up. He wanted to see if I know the name of the company. You're going to give them a percentage of your $1,000 so you can spend it early. Come on, say peace, peace. by peace. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> but that's a forever moment. That forever moment. Oh, man, I'm like, hey, it's okay now. I'm, I'm calm. I'm cool. I'm not like that anymore. I'm real clear. And, and I think that's what happens with churches, you know. You go through those moments. You want to build something. Okay, don't get me started. Too big. You're going to do something. To, you go too far. You go too far. You, you, it's, it's good to have ambition. But every now and then you look back and you have a forever experience. And that investment taught me some lessons that helped me. It helped me, here we are today, understand the pieces. Let me give you a verse in Proverbs 4, 7. It's amazing. It says, above all and before all, do this. Get wisdom. Write this at the top of your list. Get understanding. That's the message Bible. You know, the King James says, above all you're getting, get an understanding. The most important thing you're going to do in your life is understand. It's not just having kids, it's understanding kids. It's, it's not just getting the job or the career you plan, but it's understanding what this job is and is not. Understanding the pieces is crucial to everything. So let me ask you a question. You ready? Go back in your mind and ask this question. What didn't you understand and how did it affect you? If you go back in your mind and you say to yourself, what didn't I understand? I thought I understood it, but I did not. In hindsight, tell me something. Come on. What didn't I understand? Tell me one thing. I didn't understand savings. Tell me something else. What didn't you understand? Prioritizing. What didn't you understand? Marriage. Right. Give me one. What didn't you understand that you understand now? Did you look back? You thought you understood it, but you didn't. Give me one more. What now? Investments. Investments. Now, here's another question. You ready? Watch this one. All right. What 
don't you understand now, and how is it affecting you? Now, don't, just, just think about that. Here's, here's what we, we struggle with. We always think that our ignorance was in the past. <laughs> we can't imagine <laughs> that I am currently in a state of ignorance and don't know it. But watch this. Watch this. You know something. Watch this. Watch this. Ready? Think of somebody that you know who thinks they know something, but you know they don't know it. See, right? You know. Oh, you with me now. Hey, okay. Think of somebody, okay? And I want you for a minute, just kind of give me a couple of things. Don't say any names, okay? No names. But give me something that somebody that you know thinks they know, but they really don't know it. Give me one. Come on. What? What? What, what now? Raise your hand so I can see. Who, what? They think they know money, but they don't. Okay, somebody else. What else? What, what do they think? They think? They think they know their kids, but they don't know their kids. <laughs> you know? They think they know the kids, yes. They think they know you, but they don't know you. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Somebody else, what do they think they know? One more, come on. What, what do they think? Yes. They think they know God's plans for their life, but they don't. It's amazing how we are so quick to never consider the possibility that I am currently in a state of ignorance and don't know it. I... How many guys after the divorce say, God, I thought I knew, but I didn't know? How many, how many times after the loss of a job, you say, I thought I knew this industry, but I had no clue the trend was going down like this. I had no clue the company was even losing money. Here you are working for a company, and you don't even know if they're profiting or not. And you're mad because they laid you off, but they've been exchanging. There's six million jobs available in America today. Six million. The problem is they can't find people that can fill them. People are trained in the wrong industry. And we've been through this before. Some people were trained in horses, but now we're dealing with cars. So all the horse-trained people don't know how to drive. And so there's this amazing reality when you back up for a second and say, maybe I just don't know something I need to know. Maybe my problem is understanding. Which brings me to a very important bottom line here. So first of all, notice we talked about the first five steps towards success, right? Then we talked about the five places you find the right pieces, right? Then we start talking about the three reasons we need to understand the pieces. Let me give you some reasons why you need to understand the pieces and how it works, okay? First of all, Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. This is the only verse I want to read for today. Or oh, the second verse I want to read. And, and here's where I, why I chose this, because this shows you how, how important it is to understand the pieces. God commanded the man. You can eat from any tree in the garden except from the tree of what? Knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from it because the moment, how, how quickly? The moment you eat from, from that tree, that tree right there, uh, you're dead. <laughs> you're dead. It's over. Okay. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. This is kind of like an orientation. This is like, okay, hey, Adam and Eve, welcome to the Garden of Eden. Okay, this is like your place. I'm giving it to you free, no mortgage, nothing. Okay, all the fruit you want. 
gave you a job, named the animals. There go a monkey, name it, call it what you want. Okay? Tend the garden, keep it looking good. That's your job. Gave you some mental work, gave you some physical work. It's all up to you. You got each other. Have a great life. I'll, I'll check in on you every now and then. That's the deal. Oh, by the way, it, it, one thing I don't want you to do. You can eat anywhere you want, do anything you want, but just don't eat that tree. And then you, you, got, you, got, you, got, you got to have a question, right? The tree is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, I would think, well, you would want them to know what's good and know what's evil. Doesn't sound reasonable to me. I mean, there's a little bit of a, you know, question here because what sense does it make to deny me access to a tree that's going to make me smarter? Well, you know what the problem is? There, there's a reason behind it. He has a reason. Here's three things I want you to remember. Come on, say, the rules, the reasons, the results. Anytime God establishes a rule, don't do something, don't eat from this tree, don't do that, there is a reason for that. The reason is tied to the result that he doesn't want to happen in your life. God doesn't just sit up in heaven and says, hey, you know, I ain't got nothing else to do but just say don't commit adultery. It's because I just don't, I made the rule because I don't want you to do it. Thou shalt not because I say so. No, there's a reason for it. Why do we tell people to stop at the red lights? There's a reason. One time Ricky was learning to drive, right? And Ricky ran through the stop sign. And uh, <laughs> he told, I think his mom was driving. Oh, I forget who was driving him. And he said, hey, no problem, nobody was there. We said, no, 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 no new driver. That's not the, <laughs> the reason for that rule is that somebody will be there eventually and you're going to smack them. But he thought, oh, man, there's nobody there, so why stop? Because the rule says, stop. And if you ever want to drive my car again, you need to do what? Stop. There is a reason for the rule. So God commanded the man, don't eat from the tree. From, from, if you eat from it, what's going to happen is you're going to die. Here's what I want. I want to show you what's good and evil myself. I don't want you to take it on yourself and do it yourself. I want you to love me enough and trust me enough. I want you to love me enough and trust me enough to not eat of that tree. Here's what the New American's commentary says about this. The prohibition against eating from the fruit of the tree of knowledge, of, of, uh, of knowledge gave Adam opportunity to worship God through loyal devotion. Luther, the great um, preacher, likened the tree to Adam's church altar and pulpit. Here he was to yield to God the obedience he owed, give recognition to the word and will of God, give thanks to God, and call upon God for aid against temptation. In other words, he knew the tree would be a temptation, but it was a chance for Adam and Eve to say, we trust you more than our own urgings. Do you really think it doesn't matter what you do? Do you really think it doesn't matter at all? Do you really think it's like kind of like optional? There's no consequences, no result? Disobedience carries with it a price. And you need to understand this. You need to be really, really clear that when I make a decision 
to not listen to God when I make the decision to eat of the, fruit, eat of the tree. And you might want to blame Adam and say, Adam ate of that tree, messed me up. You've been eating ever since. Adam made his decision, you made yours. And he made the same decision we've all made. To put our will above God's will, to do it our way above his way. And there is something about that moment when you do that that defines your priorities. Your priority, I question today. Remember, you got to find the peace, understand the peace, and then you got to prioritize the peace. And here is what Jesus said in Matthew 22, 34 about priorities. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, verse 36, Teacher, which is the greatest command in the law? Tell me the greatest priority. Tell me what's most important. Tell me what's, what should you focus on in your life. Here's what he said. Jesus answered and said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. It all starts with God being priority in your life. Not your interpretation of God, not your personal definitions. God's first. And it's it's deep. It's in my heart. It's in my soul. It's all through me. It's in my mind. How, How true is that for you? If you were honest. If you were to be honest for a moment and say, Hmm, I violate his rules all the time. And I really just don't care about the results. And, I, and maybe, maybe you, you don't really even think much about it because it's such a part of your life. Then he goes further and he says in verse 37, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Then he goes on, verse 39, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So here's the deal. The greatest command is to love God and love people. Say that with me, please. Come on. Love God and love people. Are you a person who gets that? Those are your priorities. If that's not your priority, if those aren't your priorities, then maybe we should have a courageous discussion about how much you really love God. No one's saying you have to be perfect. I'm just saying you have to be honest about it. You see, God must be first and people must be second. This will require that you make a decision. Come on, say a decision. So you come to that moment in your life when you say, okay, I found the truth. I found the peace. Now in understanding this, I realize I need to make a decision because I need to dedicate my life to be determined. I need to dedicate my life with determination to a specific order. This is how I live. It's not me being religious. I'm not putting on any front. This is how I live. This is how I live. When it comes to my money, it's how I live. God, I thank you for working and honoring you first. I tithe because I believe in it. I believe that when I honor, I'm serious. I'm real serious about that. I, I am so serious. I, am, I, I focus on honoring him first. And then I save for me. That's another thing I wasn't committed to that I'm committed to. I used to think honor God, honor people, and then maybe I catch up with me. But no, I honor God and honor myself, and then I, then I, I bless people. But I, I, there's something about being, being clear. See, I love my neighbor as I love myself. See, my ability to love people is linked to my courage, and, my courage to love, the courage, get it out, temple. It's locked <laughs> into me being courageous enough to love myself. 
I can't love my wife. I'm supposed to, how can I, he says, love your wife the way you love your flesh. You know why some of you are so mean to your spouse? Because you're mean to yourself. You're not nice to you. The way you live, your habits, your choices. Every time I see somebody, excuse me, just take this in love, smoke, I say, that is so mean to your lungs. God, this is horrific. Your lungs are screaming. Please stop sending this stuff down here. Do something about this. The physical and the wear and tear that it's doing. Oh, my goodness. There's, there's something about coming to this place when you're honest and you say, okay, God, so you helped me find the right job, right person, whatever I found. You've helped me understand this, but I'm not prioritizing it like it's supposed to be. And if I don't make that step, nothing works. There is no way it will ever change. And so I've given you something to think about today. So what do you do with this? Think about it. Take it home, think about it. And say to yourself, hmm, so should I just go feel bad? No, it doesn't change anything. You don't build anything to sit around feeling bad about stuff. You know what you do? You get honest and you say, you know, Pastor, I get it. I get it. And, and it's not just you thinking. I'm thinking too. Every day, I'm really clear. Pastor Ricky Temple, where should be your priority today? Where should be your goals today? What did God show you today? What do you now understand today? So when I do little small things, right? This is small. I'm really going to end this. You know, I get ready to take a vitamin. I, sometimes I, I have to fuss at myself. So, Temple, do you think this is optional? You think you can kind of like not do it because you don't want to? You think you can just kind of say, I'm not doing that. You went to the doctor, right, and he told you, he said you got high blood pressure, you don't take your medicine, half take it, whatever, you know. You think it's optional? It's like, okay. Well, here's, 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 here's the difference. There's a rule and a reason for the rule, and there's a result. So if you get to the result and you, you find yourself in this result, you can't say, oh, I didn't know the rules. So now you can, you can change all that today. You can say, okay, I got, I got it, I got it. So you gotta, I fussed it myself. Get down the stairs, Temple. Go downstairs. Take the vitamin, dude. Come on, get outside and walk. I, 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 I'll, I'll talk myself out of it. I'll, talk, <laughs> I'll give myself a thousand reasons. And I'll say, you, you have time. No, 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 no. No you, do, no, you do have time. No, you do. No, stop, no. Do not wait till Saturday night to prepare your sermon. Come on, dude, stop that. What is this? Running up and throwing some message together. No, none of that. No, you know you're going to be late. Lay your clothes out the night before. Listen, you know you. Based on your past experience with yourself, what are you going to do, right? Don't charge up that card. It's Christmas. Watch yourself. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Tell them how a Merry Christmas. That's it. Do the best you can. Every January, you're praying for a miracle. Come on. Talk to me. There's got to be a moment when you say to yourself, I'm not going, but this far. You have this honest meeting with the kids. We got one gift a person. Okay, one, two, three, four, five. That's it. Bam. Here's the dollar limit. Here's what we got. Here's what we have. This is it. Nothing personal. Let's believe God for more money next year. But this is what we have, people. Let's work with this. Come on, talk to me. Come on, talk to me. You got to come to a place. Because if you don't, if you never, if you don't get this, that means you didn't find the peace, right? Right? Remember, the pieces are the choices you make.
These are the decisions you make that lead you to the best place. Some things I'm just tired of. If you want to just know, I'm just tired of it. The only reason I work out is because I'm tired of hurting. I get, everything hurts. Jesus, have mercy. God, knee, bag, hip, lips, everything. Just everything. Everything is hurting. It's ouch, ooh, God, oh, Jesus, what was that one? Oh, that's the new one. That's the new one. Oh, there's one right there. <laughs> just everything. Tired. Tired of worrying about money. Tired. Just tired. Just, look, that's why I tell you, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I can't get up here and beg. I ain't got no tricks. Y'all are just going to have to give. Come on, say amen. You're going to have to honor God. We're going to have to work together. We're going to have to volunteer together. I can't do it by myself. I need your help. We, you know, I just, there's just some things I just can't. I li- you live, some of you live, and you, know, you live in this vice of repeated foolishness. Every year, it's the same thing. I got a sermon I'm thinking about preaching on, on on, on New Year's Day, God have mercy. I don't know if I'm preaching that. It's called the same thing. <laughs> name of the sermon. I, and the same thing. So I hope you preach that one. The same, 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 same thing. You're in the same sorry place. Same, same. You know, my mom used to say something. used to just go through me. Just go, I, you know, she, she didn't target at me, but I used to hear, and that just like, just a horse, just, just, just go through me when she said it. She said, don't be a trifling, sorry, sad man living in the same place. Good God Almighty. Back up that camera. I want the people at home to see what I'm saying. Get, get, you got to get the leg. Come on, back up the camera. Come on. Come on. You, get, you hit the camera. Hit the switch. Somebody hit the switch back there. You hit the, y'all ain't hitting the switch. You with me? Come on, camera people. Tune in. Flip. Oh, boy. I guess not. Jesus' name. We're on vacation. Hello. They back. Can it, no. I want you to see my legs. I'm sorry. You weren't clear. I apologize. Show my whole body. Show my whole body. There you go. That's me. Bam. There you go. I apologize, team. I know y'all with me. I apologize. I was not clear. That's me. Come on, say it. That's on you, Pastor. Come on. All right, watch this. My mom used to do like this. She'd say, I, I used to feel like a horse. <laughs> Trifling. Sorry. Just... Good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. Yeah, play some. <laughs> Father. <laughs> Father. Mm. Help us. Help us, help us, help us. Put your hands on your head like mine, because some of you need to. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Same place, over and over again. Over and over again. How many times must you say? I understand more than I've been prioritizing. And I need to focus my attention. I need to aim 
in the right direction. I ask you in Jesus' name, give us grace. Give us favor. Help us to not be afraid. Help us in Jesus' name to be clear. Help us to not run from the truth. Help us, Lord God, to be in tune. Let this be the year we find the pieces, understand the pieces, prioritize the pieces, and begin the important work with these new pieces. Help us to build a future that we'll be proud of, that can help touch the world, that can not only benefit us, but benefit those who are connected to us. So I give you all the glory. I give you all the honor and all the praise. In the name of Jesus. And everyone say amen. Did you learn something today? Thank you for coming. God bless you. One last prayer, head bowed. Father, I pray for anybody in this room today that doesn't know you, Savior, that's really been kind of dancing with the idea of giving their lives to God. I pray this would be the moment that they do. Coming near the end of the year, they would say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, help us. Help us find the way. Help us find the way. I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit would lift our minds and lift our hearts to, to recognize that we need to serve you. If there's somebody in this room today, you say, Pastor Rick, I want you to pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to start a walk with God. If you're here today and you, you have not made that decision, but you want to, I want you right now to raise your hand. If you said, pray for me, Pastor, my walk with God, I want to end the year strong. Just raise your hand so I can know who I'm praying for. Say, pray for me, Pastor. I see you. Put it up. Put it right back down. Anybody else say, pray for me. Yeah, I see you. Thank you. Anybody else? Pray for me, Pastor. I see you. Anybody else? I need to start my walk with God. I, I really need you to pray for me, Pastor. I need, I, need, I need God's touch on my life. Some are raising your heart and some are raising your hands. Father, I pray for those who are here and those that are home. Let this be the day that they say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you praise. I thank you for what you have done for us. I thank you for the difference you make in our lives. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would bless us today, give us strength today. I believe by faith that your hand, oh God, your hand is on their lives. That they would leave this place and say, I will never be the same in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen. amen. God bless you. Go ahead, prepare, would you please? Uh, if you raised your hand, and we thank you for